Michael and Misfits coming to you guys from the Recycled Garage in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. Well, that's why I'm in Auburn, but here we go. Wait, nailed it. Single, motorcycle, and Misfits? Um, You said cycles. I don't know. I thought that was a great one. Can we try it again to see what what happens? Go for it. Number two, go for it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits from the beautiful, sunny, fantastical garage in Santa Cruz, California. I'm Rick, and let's see what we got going on tonight for everybody. I'll let it pass. Recycle garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Rick? It gets worse from here. But you know, you it's know just, what? It's going to deteriorate now. Trust <laughs> me. It, first shot was probably the best. I'm giving you points oh, for yeah. enthusiasm, though. Oh, I think it was. Brilliant. I think that goes a brilliant. long way. Yeah. What I lack in skill, I will make up for in enthusiasm. It, it gets me through life. Hey, everyone. Um, this is Liza. Thanks for joining us. Um, I have big thumpers. Oh wait, there we go. Now you can see the shirt. That's my big thumpers. All right. You like that? It says Big Thumpers Dual Sport M slash C. Yeah. Thank you to John for that. John Liotti gave that to me. I appreciate it because I got a big thumper. I got, I actually have big thumpers. So there Uh you go. Speaking of big thumpers, let's go to Sunny Auburn. It's Rick. Hey, how's everybody doing? You got, did we have fun this week? Yeah, it didn't yeah. rain. You, I know, yeah, we. I noticed the sunshine coming out. It was rad seeing people riding, working at a bike shop. I think I get a little bit of a finger on the pulse sometimes of what's going on. And we was busy. It was very cool to see. Nice. And coming to us from her her library in Marina, California, it's Miss Emma. Her study. Yes, it's a, darling, it's my study. It really is. No, and... um. It's wonderful to be with you all tonight, and I just have love to give for everyone. Thank you. Too bad you weren't here uh, this afternoon because listener Josh came by, and he was so happy to meet you, and you weren't there. But good news, Emma. He's coming back next week and made an appointment to get his bike work done. Oh, good Oh, Yeah, but he did drop off some some dirt biking boots uh, to add to our, our stash. So thanks, Josh. Oh, Radio. Coming to us from his lovely garage. It's Bagel. And Apple a day keeps the doctor away. Ooh. <laughs> Except for right now, we're trying to get near doctors. We're trying. Are we? Well, I am. I'm trying to get my parents near the doctors. We can't get the vaccine. Oh, um, man. We're trying. Even though, but aren't they eligible? Yeah, but we they don't have any. <laughs> oh, geez. They haven't had any. And I will say, though, um, this is something that's interesting. And actually, I'll just say, also coming to us from the the from his truck, it's Naked Jim. Hey, greetings and salutations from beautiful San Ardo, California. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> where yeah, is he, that? That's it. Yeah, I'm in my rig. In my rig. He's got stories, but I wanted to share. And Jim, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, we have a mutual friend who works in the um, health industry. And what I found out is she has been um, donating her time to do the vaccine shots because apparently, you know, they have 
they don't have enough people to do the vaccinations, they're not being paid for it. They are volunteering outside of their normal work hours to put on all the PPE and then to go out there and do vaccinations. So I wasn't aware that a lot of these people aren't being paid for it. They're just volunteering. So big thanks to all those healthcare professionals who are doing that. And uh, we need more. We need more. But thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So, Jim, you went you you went on an yeah. adventure today. You've been sending me some crazy videos <laughs> that look like you were under attack. Yeah, I haven't sent <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell everyone yeah, where you where you went? I am out in the middle of nowhere still. So, yeah, where? If, if I'm breaking up, let me know. Yeah, where, tell everyone where you went. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Oh, sorry, I broke a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I took another road trip down to the desert, uh, place I've been a few times before. It's uh, about 45 minutes south of Barstow. Uh, so it's not high desert. It's about 2,000 feet, uh, but it's just wide open BLM land. Uh, Mike and I and a couple other dudes went down there actually a few months ago. Uh, so I had planned this trip to go down, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago just to get out of town. And I was on the bubble. Um, actually, Mike potentially was going to come and Breaking Way Matt also uh, were also going to meet me down there. Um, but between the cold weather uh, COVID and the Super Bowl, uh, they both bailed, so ah. I went by myself. Well, I thought I was by myself. As it turns out, it was also the same weekend as King of the Hammers and <laughs> King of the Motos. Nice. So, if you don't know what these events are, yeah, if you don't know what these events are, check it out. So, the big event is called King of the Hammers, and it's a moto event, or not? It's it's four wheel four wheel vehicles. Mm-hmm. And it's a modified kind of thing. They take these these trucks. They're not trophy trucks, but they're kind of modified Ford Broncos that can do 100 miles an hour across the desert, but at the same time can do these crazy rock crawl competitions. And uh, this area where they do this at is, is made for this kind of stuff. So, yeah, normally I go down there and it's fairly quiet. Uh, but this weekend there was a lot of activity. And I'm like, oh, okay, it didn't really... I think it was going to be that busy. Um, so anyway, uh, rode one afternoon, next morning, get up and start jamming across the desert. I was going to actually go to where the King of the King of the Hammers kind of headquarters is, which is out in the middle of nowhere. But it was about 17 miles of open desert um, heading to the southeast to get to where all the action should be. Right. And it's very, really varied terrain. And, um, you know, it's a long way when you're by yourself in the middle of nowhere. But I was like, oh, I'll go. Um, so when I started the day, I went across this little valley um, to head that direction to a big, huge rock outcropping. And as I kind of go past it, I go in this big, there's lots of these kind of big ruts where roads are in the sand. And I looked and there was a, metal, uh, a wooden stake with a, a red arrow on it. And you know what that was? I was sitting right in the middle of the race course. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. I better move because not only was it Saturday, well, it was Saturday, which is when all – it's the uh, unlimited class races. So these are all Ford-sponsored um, crazy machines. And I was like, well, I guess I better move. So I did. And I, I went off the track about, I don't know, maybe 100, 200, 200 feet. And next thing you know, these things come rip-roaring by. 
And if you've ever seen like trophy trucks or things like that, it sounds like a freight train going by. And all these are engines, wheels, and suspension. <laughs> and they go flying over these whoops and ruts and rocks at crazy speed. So, of course, I called Liza. Believe it or not, you get cell phone coverage out there. I don't know. What was the, the phone call like, Liza? It was kind of crazy. You're just like, oh, my God, this is really cool. And then there was just like, <laughs> and then there was this like, like, what is happening? Like, you were in a war zone. There were helicopters with sirens flying over him really low and fast. Oh, wow. We don't know yeah, if that was like an emergency helicopter or like a camera copter so yeah. they can tell where they are by hearing them. I don't know. It was crazy. So I think I figured it out. I was kind of right in the middle of the course, and just beyond me was a big rock section, like like a Jeep crawl, uh, you know, Slick Rock or Rubicon kind of trail stuff. And I think those were a couple of the lead, uh, the lead trucks, and it was a camera helicopter following them, and I think also signaling to that area, because there were people over there that these two trucks were coming in hot, and I think to let the officials know, that there might be people like me wandering out onto the race course, but it was nuts. So out of the middle of nowhere comes helicopters, yeah, and sirens. So anyway, dude kind of rolled up to me. He was nice. I made sure I was in a good spot. He said, "No, nah, you were cool." Uh, so then after that, I rode. Um, yeah, it was about fifteen miles, seventeen miles as the crow flies to get to where King of the Hammers was, <clears throat> um, and it took me, I think. Yeah, about 40 miles to get there. So, yeah, 40 miles on the odometer to get about 17. So it gives you an idea of the riding. Um, and I will say the Honda did great. The 250, um, you know, rode like a champ. Uh, and I will get also a shout-out to Doug and his crew at Santa Clara Cycle. I, uh, he had helped me out with some tires beforehand. I think you remember I mentioned I was running some Dunlop 605s because mm -hmm. I got a pair of them for under 100 bucks, right, which was awesome. But I knew it wasn't really going to cut it for out in the desert. So on short notice, I called up uh, Doug, and he hooked me up with a Tractionator, uh, Moto Z Tractionator mm -hmm. rear, and a uh, Moto Z Extreme Enduro front. So it's an ST designed for soft traction. And I tell you, man, tires make a difference. Um, those tires gobbled up everything. There were so many times where I thought for sure I was going to lose the front end, and it just bit in, dug in, and boom, made the turn. So uh, so thanks to Doug for hooking me up with those. But, yeah, tires make a difference. So, And can, anyway, you, kind of, can you describe, you were talking about how Jocelyn's training on the big bikes came in handy here. Yeah, so we did that Jocelyn snow training on the, the Africa Twins, which is an adventure class, but it translates to dirt, dirt riding perfectly. So I incorporate a lot of the stuff I learned from Jocelyn into desert riding because it works so well. You know, stuff like, you know, wading the pegs in different situations for sure. But the biggest thing, and it's a fun game to play, um, is just hauling ass through the desert and you pick the line in front of you for well, kind of as far as you can see, you know, 50 yards, 100 yards, 200 yards, and then rip through it as fast as you can. Um, and the sand was great. They had had snow, like three or four inches of snow a couple of weeks ago. So the quality of the sand, if you can imagine, if you've ever been um, where it snows, right, and it gets that hard, crisp layer on the top, and then it's super soft underneath, 
that's what it was like. So it was super grippy. Um, so like when you stop, like you'd be ripping, felt like it was really firm. And then when you stop, you get off. And when you put your foot, your, your side stand down, you thought it would be firm and it would go down like six inches. Um, but it made for great riding. Like I said, super grippy. Um, so anyway, got where I left off. So anyway, yeah, rode across the desert, made it to uh, Hammertown, they call it, which is where all this stuff goes down. So they have King of the Hammers, which is four wheels. King of the Motos is two wheels. And I don't know, Liza, you can describe what that's all about if you want. It looks like the most horrible dirt bike race ever. <laughs> yeah. Pure hell. I mean, it's in <laughs> moments kind of like Erzberg, where um, sometimes it's flat out and then sometimes you're got rock you know, giant rocky hills that everyone's like flipping their bikes on and trying to all get up there. It's definitely a hard, hard enduro race. Um, and Jim, you said there was a ton of people there. Oh yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of meandering through the desert trying to navigate my way over there, eventually get there. I came in from the North, which is the opposite side. So I kind of came in the back entrance. All of a sudden you come around to bend, you look in this little Valley and I'm telling you, you're in the middle of nowhere. And there are thousands of people, thousands. And it was like Mad Max. Jeez. There are the most insane four-wheel drive cars and motorcycles and two-strokes. And people are going nuts. I was like, holy cow. You talk about like moto enthusiasts. But it was like a scene from Mad Max. It was just engines and noise and two-strokes and really wild. So I, I, I went in, I checked it out, and I immediately turned around and left. Because it was just a little much for me. But um, huge event. Really cool. It's so funny that you so, just uh, happened upon it. I literally just like thing like when I saw that red arrow in the middle of those big giant ruts, I'm like, I'm about to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So and, and, and anyway. just just to recap, if anyone does follow King of the Motos, um, uh, first place was Tristan Hart, second place, Colton Hawker, and then third place, our friend Cody Webb. He's still out there killing it, man. Cody's crushing it. Yeah. So, Jim, do, are you a better writer now? Yeah, you know, I am. It's, um, you know, I'm not, a, I, I still would say I'm a good writer because when you're out there, you see people that are good writers. Because when I'm out, you're seeing guys that are doing trials and stuff, and these guys on the two strokes that can really all ass or, or the beefy four, you know, the beefy 450s that rip. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I'm getting a lot faster and a lot smoother. And that was a lot of the fun is when you get on that kind of packed sand, there's a lot of scrub bushes. So it's like glade skiing, really. Um, you know, you just, you haul ass and you get that feeling once you get up to speed where you're, you're floating on snow almost, you know, and you're, you're turning with your hips and you're looking way ahead. It's great. And almost every single time it abruptly ends with some holy moly, surprise that you totally did not expect steering with your feet is a very weird concept and i've only successfully done it like a couple times where enough where i'm like oh i get it but it's still it's weird to switch into that and to trust you know but it's just a whole nother level of input i mean rick i'm sure you would get it it's the same thing in the um harley world as steering with your balls yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's using the down south to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> it's being a power bottom. Power bottom. But I think that, that's the most fun I have out there. 
And are you feeling it's, that uh, it's just it's just going faster than square pushes? Are you feeling that the two fifty is still enough? Um, for for the riding I'm doing, yeah. I mean, yeah. I worked the crap out of that bike, and um, it definitely earned an oil change after this weekend. But literally, I did 70, 74 miles one day when I rode to Hammertown and back. That's seventy four miles of like hauling my butt. You know, I'm like I'm two oh five. Um, you know, I also probably carry twenty pounds of kit with me because I got tools and tubes and all that. You know, and a bunch of water. And um, the only thing I might do is put in heavier clutch springs. Um, you know, the stock bike came with a jetter spring, which was terrible. So pulled that out. But, you know, heavier clutch springs, but the bike pulled great the entire time. You know, the other thing I'll mention is um, I upgraded the suspension. Uh, or I, Doug and those guys at Santa Clara upgraded it with Race Tech. And that made a huge difference, too, because when you start going faster in the desert, um, and this is how you see those, like, the pro guys really get hurt. By the time you see something, you weren't expecting it. It's just like in the street, you're on top of it, but it can be something like a, you know, a four foot drop off or usually it's a drop off or a hole, you know, um, and it happened one time. Usually it's where like a, a road cuts through. So you're ripping. You don't see it till last minute because the light can get so flat. And then when you see it, you can't break. So this happens one time and I saw it was a big one. So I tried to break mistake. And it dropped straight down, and not only down to the road, but a hole in front of the road. So completely crushed the front end, completely compressed the front end. I thought I was going like, to break my wrists and go flying. And lo and behold, the bike popped right out. Thank God. But dirt bikes are amazing. But, yeah, if you're going to upgrade something, suspension goes a long way. But nice. that's the, the trade-off. Is the, like, like with all motorcycle riding, the, the better you get, I think, the faster you go. Um, but I think that's the rush we all get. You know, it's those oh, oh shit moments, you know? Well, I'm so glad you're having fun doing that. And, and I appreciate you calling in from the truck to give us a report. <laughs> and I did appreciate, yeah, too, yeah, that you, you did send me one of your I'm safe messages. I always appreciate when you send me that. I got to send one of those, you know, every trip just to let you know. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, the Garmin in reach. I tell you, that I have a lot of faith in that thing. That is nice. Well, we Jim, we have our guest about to come on. Did you want to stay on, or are you yeah, going to cool. bounce? You know, I tell you what, let me bounce because I'm I got to drive a little bit. I'm coming into some traffic, yeah. so that might be best. Thanks for the report. Right on, all right. I'll, I'll see yeah, you soon. Yeah, all right. Take care. All right. All right. Stay all right. safe, Trim. Right. Right. Yep. See y'all soon. So, um, I, like I said, our guest is about to come on, and we're going to play a fun game with him. But until he comes on, I thought we could take a few minutes, Emma, for you to, to yell at me. <laughs> for you to yell at me for the thing that I knew you were going to yell at me about. Uh, I have an issue with the battery on the CX 500 turbo Yes, that I just bought in August. I've only ridden the bike twice and now the battery <sighs> um, is down to like six volts. It won't yeah. take a charge. It won't, even the charger wouldn't recognize it. So I had to run my maintenance mode on it for 24 hours. I could get it up to 11 volts, but it's just not getting there. And this is a brand new battery. And I knew when Emma found out that I would be in trouble. You want to tell her <laughs> why, why I'm in trouble, Emma? Is there a battery I can guess there on that bike? And I can guess why. Angling? No. No. Let me guess it's not a Yuasa? Bingo. 
<laughs> well, no, and I mean, look, now look here, Liza, I'm not going to yell at you or anybody else. All I can do is draw on my own experience that, that really it's gotten to the stage where it's UASA and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And they're cheap, they're expensive, they're flashy, they're cheap looking, but it's UASA. And the rest of them. Um, and it wasn't a cheap battery, was it? No, it wasn't. It was around 100 bucks. And it was bought from a well-known retailer. Yeah, I can say it's it's Batteries Plus. Um, so they're doing a test on it. And they it has a two-year warranty. So there is that. They're going to do a test. And if they find that it is bad, that I'll get a new one. But it is just frustrating, and I could just hear Emma's voice saying, should have gotten a Uosa. <laughs> should have had a V8. But, Emma, can you quickly explain, because you were explaining to me what yeah. you found, so, what the difference is. Okay, so a battery is is based on a chemical reaction, and a chemical reaction between um, a, um, an acid solution and lead, and it forms a chemical reaction, and that produces voltage. And if you were to open a battery, there are six sections in a battery. Each section produces, you know, a little over two volts, up to about three volts. And what you'll find is there are plates with mats in between fiberglass matting and then, you know, acid, or in some cases, gel, but mostly acid. Now, if you cut open a UASA battery, the plates go like seven-eighths of the way up. If you cut open one of the cheaper batteries, the plates, which are the expensive part, only go about two-thirds of the way up. And this is, the, this is really the death knell for the battery, because not only are you trying to do the same with less, that free space above the plates, which is basically nothing, is sufficient when the battery's doing its thing and it's charging and discharging. There's all kinds of oxidization going on up there and it gets back into the plates and it sulfates the plates and that's what kills your battery. So you've really got a, 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 a trifecta. You know, it's like opening a very, very expensive box of shoes that says Manolo Blahnik or Jimmy Choo on the box, and they're payless inside. That's basically, you know, um, a cheaper battery. And, you know, the UASA batteries in America aren't even actually made to you by UASA. They're made by Exide to a very stringent UASA specification. And really, they're the best you can buy. And I'll tell you what, I found that they're actually, I used to say on this show right up until a couple of months ago, oh, they're twice the money, but they're twice the battery. But I found now they're the same price or perhaps even less than a good quality replacement or a good quality price replacement like yours. In fact, I would bet a genuine UASA battery for your bike is probably twenty to twenty five dollars cheaper than your batteries plus one. 
Yeah, the only be. thing is, you're going to have to wait. You'll yeah, that's have to the thing. Wait. I need. I wanted a battery that day because I was ready to test the bike, and they have them charged. But that's okay, you know. So, well, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, the. I mean, it should be under warranty. I'll get a new one, and maybe. Why didn't you do a, a shameless one. plug and tell people you're selling it? I'm going to be selling the CX500 Turbo. It is true. What? With a new oh, yeah. battery. <clears throat> yes, but I'm trying to get it sorted first so that it's good to go. So, um, let me tell you something about this bike. You want 1980s. You want Don Johnson <laughs> written in blue and pink neon, wearing suit with a T-shirt underneath and loafers. You want Taylor Dane. You want Madonna in her tutu. Underwear There's on the no outside. better way of experiencing the 80s. It's saved by the bell in motorcycle form. It's a very nostalgic bike. And and here's the deal. If anyone is interested in the CX500 Turbo, um, Emma, you uh, kind of appraised it around five grand, right? I think it's, it's look, these bikes are all across the board. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a brave soul that takes on a turbocharged, fuel-injected, very complex 40-year-old bike. I've seen them change hands for ten to fifteen thousand. I've also seen them change hands for a couple of grand. Yeah, and it's all down to condition. I think yours is a five grand bike all the way. And so the deal I'm offering, if anyone is interested, um, five grand for the bike, and I will give you a thousand dollar credit of Emma's mechanic fees to fix anything you want on it. To make it a six thousand dollar bike, I figure that's and, a win win. And that one thousand dollars will include the new owner's choice of either a give it the bean sticker, which is good for ten horsepower, or an Emma's Army sticker, which is potentially good for fifteen. And and to clarify, it is a good running bike. Oh yeah, uh, and I rebuilt great, the whole yeah. fuel system, the pump and and filter and everything. When I say a thousand dollars. Because I would love to see this as a candidate for a full resto to be a ten thousand dollar bike, so that's why I'm giving a thousand dollar credit for Emma's restoration charges, not because it needs something fixed. It appears that the engine and the brakes were all rebuilt prior to me getting yeah. it. Um, so it's really more about uh, cosmetics and and making it closer to being a a you know show biker, increasing the value. Anyway. And truthfully, if you were to show up at any local show on that bike as it is, oh, you're going to go home with something. Every 75-year-old man is going to come talk to you. Yeah, Possibly a 75-year-old man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does it have rear pegs? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to get to our guest tonight, and I've got something special planned that he doesn't know about. So I'm going to tell him now. I'm going to first say, hey, Axe, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Great. How's everybody doing on that end? Doing good. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, and w one of the things that's great I about your your one name, Axe, it's very simple. And easy to spell. Easy to spell. Is that AXE, so darling? Is that yes. It is. Yes, it technically, and there's I, two ways. <laughs> and I know you're serious because I'm looking at your mic. So, you're, no, you're a serious cat. So, okay, very good. <laughs> so, Axe, 
I'm a, I want to play a little game with the misfits so they don't know who you are okay. or what you've done, but you've okay. done something extraordinary on two wheels. Thank you. And I want to play 20 questions with the misfits and see if they can figure it out. So right. they're going to go one at a time. We'll go Rick Emma Bagel, Rick Emma Bagel. Hey, I want to be first. Okay. <laughs> Emma Rick Bagel, Emma Rick Bagel. No, let Rick go first. Oh, Jesus. No, I want Emma to be first. (laughs) Bagel, you're the last guy standing. Okay, we're going to go Bagel Rick Emma, Bagel Rick Emma. And yes or no questions only, please. And see if you can figure out what he has accomplished on two wheels. And I know this is hard because we've had so many people who have done so many things. But I'm confident in you guys. So let's start with Bagel, your first yes or no question. I'm going to keep count. Go ahead. All right. My question is, have you raced motorcycles professionally? Good question. All right. No. All right, Rick. Is this something a record of sorts? Yes. Oh. Um, Damn it. Now what? <laughs> and a record. Hmm. So let me see, darling. Have you considered a career in modeling? Because you're devilishly handsome. <laughs> That's a long Wait, is story. That a yes, that is that your yes or no question? Short answer is yes, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> years ago, I won't even go there. <laughs> okay, I'm counting that as your question, Emma. Because yeah, no, that's it. fine. Okay. That's fine, darling. Sacrificial. I like. All it. right, big. All right. Um, the record yet that you hold is it a land speed record? Question. Can you define land speed in your terms? Because I've heard different definitions. Um. Okay. I'm then actually. I, I I'm going to say the answer is no because I know Bagel's okay. referring to like Bonneville or Bonneville. land That's speed records was, yeah. that we're yeah. used to. It is not that. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's a no. Okay, Rick. Are are you the first person to achieve this accolade, or did you whoop someone's ass? Yes or no questions, you? please. Oh, oh, um, just the first part. Well, yeah, the first part is this something that was a new record that you had set, or a previous no new record that you it, set? Yes, no. It'd be a no. It was it, no. No, I just was no. not the first just, one. Yes, yeah. no. Okay, yes. Yeah, no. Sorry. All right. All right, okay. Emma. Axe. Are yes. you in the motorcycle industry? Ooh, good question. Currently, no. Well, do you? I, I have to say no. I think. Okay. Right? Yeah, go okay. No, it's no. good. <clears throat> All right, bagel. Okay. Um, the record that you hold is it for? Is it a distance record for motorcycle riding? Define distance riding. Um. <laughs> you mean like Danielle Lynn, Danielle Lynn, who rode the most miles in one year? Um, either most miles in one year, most miles in one trip. You need to be uh, more specific with your question, please. Okay. Um, hmm. How, how can I be more specific about that? Um, does the record you hold does does it involve the Iron Butt Association? Good question. Yes. Yeah. Say yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Rick. 
All right. So we're getting close. We're tiptoeing to this. I yeah. like this. Yeah, you're getting there. And you are, <laughs> no, we're, you're we're at crawling eight. drunkenly in the gutter towards me, darling. <laughs> it's it's you, an iron butt flavored accolade. <laughs> and and is this is this related to a time constraint that you have earned? I would say yes. Good question, okay. yes. Ah. All right. Very good. So could you have done what you did on a small bike? Define small. Yeah, that's a under 250. Could, but so I guess the technical answer is yes. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, let's just go with yes. No, yeah. unlikely, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Just like you wouldn't do an iron butt on a small bike, it's less likely, except for bagel. So, yep. okay. <laughs> I was thinking of bagel when I asked the question, darling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, the record that you set, was this set in uh, the United States? Yes. Good question. All right. All right, Rick. It's getting hard. <laughs> hey, don't talk to us about your personal problems, Ricky. <laughs> hey, no. I need whoa, a question, whoa. please. Um, man, we got. Was this something that was open to general public, or was this no? Can't say that. Yes or no? Is this something that anybody could have stepped up to the plate and done? Yes. Hmm. It's not like a specialized form of thing and or nope. stuff. Anyone could do nope. it. Okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emma. Was your record so we've established and I'm just vacillating before the big question. You have a record. You're not in the motorcycle industry. You, you obviously achieved your record riding a motorcycle. Correct. Was your record based on a point A to a point B? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Very good. All right, Bagel. All right. We're getting there, Bagel. We're getting there. All right. Um, the the ride was the ride longer than ten thousand miles. No. Okay. Okay. What? Okay. All right. You ready, Rick? You got this? I, can I ask the team a question first for a metric for the next part of my question? Sure. You can ask the team. So 10,000 miles, that's a fuckload of miles, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. How many miles is it coast to coast? Like if you're just the Probably. average or whatever. 3,000-ish. Maybe a little more, a little less, depending on where you're going. All right. Was this something that exceeded 3,000 miles? No. Hmm. Emma? Was this a point-to-point route following a slightly less conventional path? Yes. If I understand you right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Bagel, you guys got five questions left. Okay. Um, hmm. Did you set a record for the 50 CC? <laughs> um, hold on. <clears throat> the 50 CC is the 50, the coast to coast ride in 50 hours. Yeah, actually, yes, that I, is true. Yep. I'm going to say that you got really? it, Bagel. Yeah. Really? The 50cc yeah. is the official iron butt, and this is, I'd say, one of the most common routes taken on the 50cc, which to get that mm-hmm. accomplishment, you have to go coast to coast, usually ocean to ocean in under 50 mm-hmm. hours. And uh, yeah, actually, you want to tell everyone exactly what you did? Yeah. So I uh, went from the San Diego beach dog beach. If you're familiar with that area. And I went from there to Jacksonville beach in 33 hours and 10 minutes. It comes to about 2,408.1 miles. If I remember right. Wow. And uh, (laughs) so I, it's in the, the, the question I think Emma had about the uh, less conventional route or whatever. A lot of times when people do cannonballs, it's New York to LA, right? Yes. Um, but I found out when I was at the San Diego BMW dealership, that's where I shipped the bike and all my equipment to mount to the bike before the ride. And I said, man, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, helping me letting, they gave me a bay out there in the shop to do the mods. And the guy said, here's why. And he shows me a picture on the wall. The co-owner Gary Orr of the BMW dealership had previously, um, got done it on a BMW, a cruiser bike, a big tour bike. Mm -hmm. He had a a trailer behind him. They modified, made for him a 75 gallon trailer for fuel. He never put a foot down from San Diego. He was 150 miles from Jacksonville beach. He went by a cop that had somebody pulled over and the cop pulled him over. Not because he was going like hell, but he had a flickering taillight on the trailer they made. Oh, and that's no. why they stopped him. And I guess he got so mad. He ended up just driving up North after that or something, oh, but, but that was a 36 hour, uh, to get within 150 miles. So wow. he was the closest to a coast to coast record data point. There was a guy in, was it the 82 cannonball that they set with a Ferrari? Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was like 44 hours from New York to I- LA. And then of course, What's his name? Cannonball, whatever years ago. Carl, that, Re- uh, Carl Reese. Who was it? Carl Reese. The guy, the like the Cannonball guy, the original one way back when. Or oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about. No, Carl Reese has the record going from LA to New York. The, I the think, typical. I think the Reese? last Cannonball um, was won by uh, Jaguar XJS. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure it was. I remember, hmm. as, I mean, I don't watch a great deal of television, but I occasionally dip into Gas Monkey Garage. Yeah. Um, and they found it quite recently in a scrapyard a couple of, couple of years really. ago in oh, Texas. Wow. And it, it was one of the drivers was a racing driver. And yeah. I wanted to say, it wasn't Parnelli Jones, but it was somebody of that ill. Okay. And then the other driver was a celebrity, and it was a black V12 Jaguar. Oh, really? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, V12 Jags are just great. At, you, you wind them up to 120, and they'll stay there all day, as long as you keep putting fuel in it. And that, I think that, that may have been the last 
the last winner Main of it. Cannonball, yeah. But I tell you what, 33 hours. Yeah. What was it, your what was your average speed axe? You know, the average, it's frustrating. I was hitting, I was averaging well over 80 in the first part of it. And right. what really killed me was the South in general. The radar detector was lighting mm-hmm. up like a Christmas tree yeah. from Houston all the, the way 10? to basically, yeah, on 10, yeah, yeah up, up <laughs> until basically getting into Florida again. And, um, you know, I, I just, the thing you have to start analyzing is, if I get pulled over, it's going to cost me minimum half hour, if not jail time. And so yeah. I had two GoPros. I had one on the dash recording miles and speeds and that, and I had one on my chest. <clears throat> and I thought that way, if I get pulled over, uh, I'll have to pull the chip out of the dash cam, snap it to destroy the evidence. I was right. doing 165 back there and um, rely on the chest cam for the movie project. <laughs> so, right. Uh, and, you know, make no mistake here. It, it's the police do not take a romantic view of coast to coast racing. No, they would throw you in jail and chuck yeah. away the key in a heartbeat. Yeah. And it, it would have looked pretty, pretty bad because, you know, depending on if you're in California or Florida, I had Texas plates, right? Mm-hmm. I had a spare five gallon fuel tank on the back of the tail section. I had a military grade FLIR thermal vision system with the, screen on the tank and then a radar detector bluetooth to the helmet um everything down to the condom catheter i mean it was (laughs) red bull and gatorade and the camelback and off i go well let's let's cover some of the basics because of course to do a record like this you would have to have an appropriate motorcycle that i'm sure is comfortable can hold lots of gas so tell us what appropriate motorcycle you chose for this record well, the first, the first trick actually was choosing the vehicle because I read about Alex Roy's record and, and Rawlings and stuff, you know, and I thought I just can't compete in an area where they have pilots, you know, spotter planes and stuff. Right. So I thought I'm a bike guy. I need to do bikes. So I looked and I had basically my options were the chopper I had, which I love that chopper, but <laughs> nope. you know, it's probably not the primary <laughs> choice for that. Let's be honest. Yeah. Crappy mileage, horrible suspension, you name it, right? But it looks cool. Um, And then uh, I had an old Aprilia Malay. What ended up choosing was the 2010 BMW S1000RR. So it (laughs) was not on a big, comfy cruiser. This was on a crotch rocket, balled up like a monkey on a football for 33 hours (laughs) straight, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so you were on the RR. Oh, my God. RR. Okay. Now, go ahead, Megal. That's make, make, make a quick point. I looked up the driving directions from San Diego to Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Normal, normal driving without stops is 32 hours. Is it really? <laughs> and you did it in 33. 3310. Yeah. And yeah. it's, I, I, th- I think the thing, you know, for me on a bike that makes it tough is the gas stops are what kill you. Right. Even with a second yeah. tank. Yeah. I was averaging 350 miles between uh, fuel stops. And, you know, you got to be careful because if you get stranded out somewhere, you're screwed. Right. Right. Um, but they cost you. But then that's something 32 hours is what it says. huh? Yeah. But but you need to factor in uh, time to. You, well, you didn't need to use the restroom that much. <laughs> but, <laughs> no sleep. Uh, you, you you did no sleep at all for no, no hours. Holy no, crap. I did it straight. It was wow. delusional. Well, and so when you was it gas, I'm sorry to the the gas you brought with you. What, what was your situation for that? What helped so, you out there? I had a, uh, the primary tank, of course, is like four and three quarters gallon or whatever. I geared it so it would do 108 in first gear. 
So I had it geared tall, yeah, right? Mile, right? Uh, yeah, I was I was getting to the point where I was almost, you know, worried I would be have enough torque to take off with, it, you know. <laughs> and then I had a five gallon uh, coyote tank, I think it was called, that I had mounted to the back, and I had it jacked up enough that I could gravity feed um, okay. up into the primary tank. So I'd run out in the main tank, and then. I had a valve and hose all set up. I just flipped the fuel valve, let it run in, and then um, take off from there. So I get about three fifty for a stop. So let's also talk about to do something uh, of the silk. You'd have to have a really good team out there helping you, right? <laughs> One guy. <laughs> One guy to call and say, "Hey, take that spreadsheet out that I calculated out for you. I made a spreadsheet for my buddy." And just said, okay, I'm at this point, my gas light came on, what's that tell you? And he would tell me, okay, you're going to be stopping for gas in this town or, oh, shoot, I'm between two spots. That's that's so it. So basically Siri. <laughs> yeah, effectively. <laughs> exactly. He had a name, Liza. Yeah, Eric. Eric, not Siri. Eric. <laughs> um, so, um, Axe, when did you... When did you do this wonderful feat. Why haven't we heard about it? Well, so I did it in April of 2014. Right. And I waited the one-year statute of limitations clearance to publish the book in April ah. of 2015. <laughs> uh, that was my question. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, so I published the book in April of 2015. And um, it was... A challenging time. I'd actually uh, lost my fiance in late 2014, and so I didn't spend, you know, quite the effort of getting the book and the word out and everything that I would have liked to have. Um, but eventually, you know, a couple of years later, I I was like, okay, let me take this footage together and make a movie. This is a cool story, right? And um, I thought, you know, I feel like what the Alex Roy movies missing is music. What does every good movie have, right? I'm a horrible singer. I'm a mediocre guitarist at best, but um, I I got a cool microphone though. And uh, so <laughs> yes, I decided to write, write and record a soundtrack for the movie before I made the movie. So I wrote and recorded eight original songs, very happy with the lyrics, with the music, the guitars, the singing's awful, but it kind of blends into the background. Um, so I made the soundtrack and then I finally buckled down and finished the movie I did all the editing. I did. I uh, hired out the sound mixing, did the color correction, um, put it all together, and I was able to take all this real footage that I'd had for you know this two three years period of my life and make it into a movie, which just kind of worked out well because you don't you know you wish you could go back and like oh if I had a better footage of this event or that event, but you got to, you know, if you want it to be genuine, which I'm, I very, I much take a lot of pride in being real with this stuff, right? Like it's a documentary, it's my life. And so it was very important to me to use real footage and not go recreate something and make it not real. So I got a question. What was the harder task actually making the record, writing cross country or editing the film? <laughs> editing the film was that was awful there's there's no saying about i'll borrow andrew dice clay editing a film is like jerking off with a cheese grater it's slightly amusing but mostly painful uh, <laughs> ooh, ouch um and you know it's funny the the reason liza asked that question i mean you know the whole misfits and recycle garage you know we we kind of run on media yeah, and Liza's least favorite job in the world 
which I truly believe that actually gouging her out her own eyeballs with a spoon <laughs> would be ahead of it is editing. Editing sucks. And I refuse to get involved. I mean, I play the complete dunce <laughs> card and my, I couldn't possibly do, I couldn't do anything that complicated. <laughs> um, Emma, I, I, I'd like to make a correction. No, I actually love editing. I really do. It's just even editing a small video like the one that I released earlier this week takes a lot of time. It's forever. Right? Yeah. It, really it takes does. a lot of time to do it. It's a it's a time issue. It's a patience issue. It's a learning as you go issue. And then yeah. by the time you get to the end, you've learned enough that you want to go back and start over and fix some of the things you now know you can learned. do better. And it's <laughs> like know. this endless loop. I, I love it. I enjoy it. But it is very time consuming. Um, it I, is a movie, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah the movie, because you think it's 82 minutes of, you know, you may have a 15-minute f- film piece that you're using literally three or four seconds of it. Sure. And when it's that personal, you know, because this is like the highest and lowest of my life in this one-year oh. period, right? It is such a personal share that there's no way I could have hired out the editing because nobody was going to make it the story that I wanted it to say, right? So, yeah. that, and that means it's twice as hard because it's not just a job I'm getting a paycheck for, it's your life on film and and you want it to be as perfect as you can. No, you're pumped. It's like picking your favorite kid, but you do get to pick your favorite kid. You got to <laughs> review it all and go, no, no, that part was awesome. That's going in. Yeah. Emma, yeah. Emma, did you have something you want to say? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've not, there's a couple of things I want to say. Do you have a background in media, Axe? Um, believe it or not, I don't, I I've done public speaking in military contracts right off the bat out of college. Right. So I'm very used to public speaking. And, um, I wrote my first book after having open heart surgery when I was 34. And I realized a year later, how much better my heart, my life was after learning to appreciate life and make the most of it and everything. Okay. And so I started doing some motivational talks, went back and talked to the old high school, the old college. Um, so just, you know, like if, if a few kids learn something that I had to learn the hard way, then why not share that? You know, so I've right. done a lot of public speaking and, and that kind of thing, but I have no real background. It's just all. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Mechanical bovine. Engineer. No. What kind oh, of Oh, bovine. Yeah. Bovine. It's bovine. It's hybrid. Ooh. Yep. It's a hybrid. Yep. You I've got, got a valve the- y'all. I do. It's and wow. I have uh, what is it? Twelve about twelve years on this one. Come November, which they told me I'd be lucky to get ten. Yeah, so, they last like ten. The mechanical yeah. ones last a lot longer. My dad they has do, one, but you have to take blood thinners, and yeah, I like tattoos, exactly. and I, you know, so blood thinning didn't appeal to me, and so they gave me a ten year one, and it's been twelve. Last year I had four procedures, inclu- like they found an eight millimeter hole in my heart a year ago. And I mean, I could feel something was wrong. So I had like, you know, first I had to repair the hole, then the rhythm's all jacked up and they had to do a bunch of stuff with that. Um, so I ended up with a hernia repair late last year. I ended up driving to Florida for stem cell, uh, treatments. And Wait, so how long did it take you to get there? I made it from <laughs> my door in Texas to Daytona beach, which was about 1160 miles. I spent a day in the chair getting stem cells. And when I got back home, it was 53 hours round trip, I think. <laughs> Holy crap. Good Lord. <laughs> so it boy. seems like um, having heart issues kind wow. of really may have shaped your whole outlook on life and really going at it. I mean, and it kind of yeah. sums up. We haven't said what the title of your book and your film is, 
um, no limits, no regrets. Exactly. And it kind of, it, when you learn more about your story, about your heart and about your fiance, you go, oh, maybe he's not crazy. Maybe it's just. Relative. <laughs> but it's maybe it's term. just that you have an outlook on life different than a lot of other people. And Very you're just so. going for it. Commonly yeah. mistaken for crazy. Commonly <laughs> mistaken yeah. for crazy. That's what they said about Son of Sam, right? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> listening, listening to you talk about your journey, and listening to you talk about putting together the documentary afterwards, the the takeaway I get from it it's it's a deeply personal journey, Very both the so. actual journey itself yeah. and the making of the documentary afterwards, and um, you know, it's confession time a little bit. Liza and me talked a little bit before you came on, not about your achievement because she wanted to keep that a secret, but actually the things that have happened in your life. And um, you've experienced a great many highs and some towering achievements, but there's been some quite tragic events there as well. And it, it's obviously, it shaped you a great deal. I mean, you know, we are, it's nature and nurture, isn't it? And we are who we are, but our experiences define and shape us. And I think that's particularly true in your case. Absolutely. I think there's a, there's always an element of the, you know, the, the bottle cap doesn't far fall from the whiskey bottle. Right. And, right. and I can remember being in Texas and my, my dad's youngest brother was visiting and, at that time, I, you know, kind of feet kicked up on the Harley drinking night train because it was in the Guns N' Roses album, oh. Appetite, and uh, <laughs> and uh, playing, you know, knocking on heaven's door on my guitar, which a G&R song. And my uncle looks at me and he said, that is creepy. He said, I can remember living with your old man in Lauderdale and his feet kicked up on his Harley. It was an old sportster and, uh, you know, strumming his guitar to Bob Dylan, drinking Zappa wine, you know, he's and uh, so... I think there was always that um, my, my father's side is, is somewhat of a destructive side, right? Like we lost three of my generation before any of his, all three in drunk driving wrecks. And it was, it was one of these things that was just, I was next in line. It was the firstborn son of every family. And it's when you grow up that way, you it's, it's a strange thing because you feel a fear, like it's cursed, you know, you're going to end up in that being that next one. Right. And you want to be smarter and you want to learn from it. And then you start doing things like I flew over the hood of a car, you know, on my moped when I was 15 and you're like, well, it didn't hurt so bad. I made it through that. And then you start doing more stupid things and you keep surviving them. And, you know, I bounced off airbags twice in cars from totaling them. I've wrecked bikes multiple times, you know, almost drowned in a river in Illinois. I mean, you name it. Right. And every time it happens, humans respond with either wow, I need to be careful and appreciate what I have. Or there's the people more like me that are like, well, hell, Ooh. I made it through that. Try again. Right. You know, I mean, I, uh, I said, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my mind goes back to an interview we did a few years ago with a delightful English lady called Elspeth Beard. And Elspeth was the first um, woman to circumnavigate the globe on a motorcycle solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very interesting lady. And she basically, she did the ride because her then boyfriend broke her heart and broke up yeah. with her. So she'll be like, I'll show you. Mm -hmm. However, 
since then. This was back in 82. And she has had a hugely successful career in architecture. Mm. And she's very courageous in her choices. Because having done that, she's like, hell, if I can ride around the world solo on a motorcycle, I can do anything. Everything else mm-hmm. is cake. Yeah. Everything else is cake. It is. And that was a defining thing. So her achievement was born out of tragedy. And I know for you, the tragedy came very soon after your journey. Right. But it's kind of, it's defined how you've kind of approached the memory of it and how you've quantified it now. Yeah, very much so. And if you, you know, when you watch the movie at the end of it, I tried to kind of capture that in a way that, you know, I used to look at things kind of this way, and now I've sort of realized maybe it's a little bit darker than that. But you don't want to end a movie on a dark note. So you ha- then I kind of included like, and here's all the fun stuff I've done since then, right? So right. It, it's really, you know, because I felt like in the book, you know, I hadn't lost her yet, right? So it wasn't part of the can, book. Can, can we actually tell our listeners? Because they, they don't know what happened. Yeah. And I want to tread very carefully here. Because we have yet to have a guest actually, you know, break down and, you know, have a, 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 a an episode yeah. on the show. And I wouldn't even want to insinuate that that's going to happen. But right. if you're comfortable talking about sure. it, please do, because it's, it's part of who you are. It, it really is. It's, you know, like I said, I, when I did the ride in April of 14, we she'd had a seizure in like December and they said yeah, it's this that it's this weird parasite that she must have got from eating uncooked meat in port in Costa Rica oh, no. um is what they said now when we look at the brain scan it looked like i mean havarti cheese right it was just riddled and um so i did the ride she couldn't drive yet you know so her sister came and drove her around while i was out of town and stuff and, you know, we thought, great, you know, things are going to be okay. But then come July, um, she had uh, an episode and we took her in and they did say, well, it was cancer. And we asked like, well, why didn't you say cancer back in December or January range? And they said, because it's physically impossible for a human to be alive. If that had been cancer, there's no way for her to be alive, let alone functional, like she was and talking to us. So, and, and she was really one of the most I mean, just a golden human, you know, as far as like the most positive, just wants everybody to be happy, you know, um, just a great person. Right. And so I think that also is sort of an inspiration too. that if you can take these things that life throws at you and you can help someone else be better or, you know, just make the most of it. But it's I don't think she would have lived any differently knowing her life was limited, you know, because she, she made the most out of her life. And, um, you know, and I met her about the time my heart was having issues and stuff. So, uh, it was, but it's, it's the worst thing I can imagine. I divorced an ex-wife and, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting rid of someone rotten in your life, but losing someone good is, is right. Really tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it makes for an amazing story because, you know, the, 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 the best stories, the best, the world's best fiction has great triumphs, great tragedies, yeah. but the best ones always tend to end on a journey of redemption. 
yeah. for yourself. And I think, you know, I've yet to see your documentary and I'm going to be absolutely riveted to it. But I suspect that's kind of where you're heading. I mean, it's ultimately it's, it's a documentary of triumph, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, and Emma, I wanted to, to jump in and let, if somebody wants to see this or to buy your book, Axe, do mm-hmm. your plug, where can they see the film? Yes. So the most people nowadays just watch it digitally, right? So mm-hmm. it's on Amazon. You just look for No Limits, No Regrets, the okay, shameless self-plug poster in the background there. And um, so it's on Amazon. It's in HD. You know, some of the footage is a little bit SD, but most of it's HD. Um, it is professionally done. It's all color corrected. It's, you know, paid somebody to do the soundtrack and all that for it or mixing. Um, you, if you like DVDs or Blu-rays, you can also go to my website, which is www.ychrome.com, ychrome.com. Why the letter, have, not the word. Like the letter Y, yep, chrome. And, um, you can buy the discs on there. And then I've got some parts off the actual bike. Like I've done upgrades. So I've sold a few parts that were part of the actual bike when it made the cross country trip, just for, you know, people like us that kind of like stuff like that. I sent, uh, what was it? The, the top panel that had my time, I airbrushed on it to Gary Orr, who had the 36 Mm -hmm. hour record before me, you know? And so he's got it displayed in their San Diego shop and stuff. Nice. So here's a question. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people, once they've done something like this, they're always thinking, "What's next? Is there a what's next?" Yeah, I've so I've given thought to that, and I've been somewhat distracted with the whole movie and book and soundtrack project yeah. over the last few years, of course. And my motorcycle, unfortunately, got held hostage by somebody that chose to call themselves a mechanic, and uh, that was misleading. And uh, so I didn't have the bike for a while. Now I have it back. I've got it running. Um, and so the first thing I'm going to do is in a few weeks, actually about a month and a half from now, I've got the Texas mile in Texas here again, where it's one mile of runway and, uh, you just do a blast for from zero to as fast as you can in a mile. My highest I've hit so far was 187. So I want to at least break 190. I hope this time you might want to regear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's and, and that's the thing is you're literally running out of RPM sometimes. You know, you got to watch your gears and shift points so careful on that thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I want to do that. And uh, you know, there's other things like superbike school. I've done the California mm-hmm. superbike school a couple of times. Um, you know, just the rides here in the hill country to rip out there. I want to ride to Florida again. I think I might take my 911 out to Atlanta for the Porsche school. Um, have, have you thought of going in the other direction? <laughs> it going from east to west, or you mean just yeah. for like a trip in general? You know, it's really nice out here. <laughs> yeah, San Diego big, is nice. I can surf when, out there when it's not burning or blowing or falling off the cliff <laughs> or shaking. It's really nice. Exactly. I, I, I can tell you. I can tell you what you haven't done, Axe, which should What's be that? on your to-go list. Is come and visit the Misfits. So where are you guys located? Santa Cruz, California. Santa Cruz. Oh, you're in Santa Cruz. You mentioned the Santa Cruz yeah. Film Festival. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that's, I mean, I like going to San Diego and surfing out there. That's for sure. The thing that I always have to watch when I go out there is you're the one state I cannot legally carry my firearm in. So I always nope. have to oh, yeah. remember yep. that. When <laughs> but but you can lane split. But yeah, lane split. I, exactly. Leaving there. That was amazing, actually. Um yep. You know, if I had one thing I could do in my life, though, like a true wish, it would be either Pikes Peak, I think would be a blast. Mm. And I can oh, yes. Yes. I rode that I've last read, summer. 
Oh, did you? Well, okay. not race it. We rode oh, up. Yeah, but rode? I almost got killed by a marmot. <laughs> what? A marmot. What's the, I don't even know what a marmot? marmot is. Yeah, it <laughs> looks. A it's a large oh. rodent, like a woodchuck looking thing. That's what that thing was that I saw in the Rockies. And, I saw something yeah, like you're the describing. The golden marmot. And there's 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 <laughs> video on our our YouTube page. But Jim and okay. I were riding, and we were above the tree line. Just yeah. way up at the top. So it's just a road and a cliff and a wall. Just that's yeah. all it is. Just and beep, a marmot. Just and be marmot. bopping along. Jim goes by and then a marmot decided to run across the road, but not in front of me, at me. He was like trying to <laughs> get <marmot>. me. <laughs> and I swerved. I swerved because he was coming at my leg. And I swerved. <laughs> and for a, for a moment, I was pointing off the side of the road. Oh, but I got it back on, That's, and yeah, yeah. And they, he had he had apparently he had giant teeth with yeah, blood kill, dripping killer off marmot. them. Yes. A murderous look <laughs> in his eye. Yeah, it's, hatchet. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, the hatchet. Well, and, then, and like that wasn't bad enough. We got to the top, and we were in a hailstorm. So then oh, we had to ride down me. in a hailstorm, and he controlled ah. the weather. Yeah, Colorado's <laughs> bipolar. I, I was actually going up yeah. from, like, my sisters live in the Estes Park, Fort Collins area, and I was riding up to, uh, you know, like, Trail Ridge and all that at the top, and you leave on, you know, in Fort Collins, Loveland, beautiful, right? Yep. I got up, and I I almost did a one-way skydive. I was coming around a corner that I usually rip around about 11,000 feet or so, and I went to hang sideways, and there's a truck going slow, and I'm cussing, you know. Well, I realized why he was going slow is there was a rock that cast a shadow across oh. this one area, this hairpin. Oh. And if I would have gone around there sideways, I would have, I would have been right over the edge because there was frost that hadn't melted yet on the road. And I was like, yep. Oh, that was yeah. not good. You should definitely <laughs> yeah. do Pike speak then. Well, yeah, that, yeah. I'm going to help you out because we, we do a thing us misfits uh, called unsolicited advice. But <laughs> more my so, mom tell you to say something. No, more so than that. I actually, I'm going to help out all the misfits and maybe the listeners themselves too. Here's the deal. Oh, you sure? You acts have inspired me. I oh, want to set a record too. Oh God! And I looked up <laughs> some records. Yeah. That I think are doable. Now, we covered this like a year or two ago. We covered this, but I'm going to recap some of these records. And I'm going to see, because some of these seem very well suited to some of our misfits. And Axe, if you want to take one of these, claim it. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with this first one, which might be very well suited for Bagel. Mm. And this one is the furthest distance to ride a 49cc scooter. Oh, man. What a good That's painful. And Lloyd Wema rode a 49cc Verona scooter from Portland, Oregon. Of course. To Los Angeles, California, a total of 1,177 miles. Now, what? we know that there has oh, no. other people who have wow. broken, Wandering Tyson. There's oh, yeah. a lot of people. This no, is I, I, listed I as friends. a record. That's so I don't know if that was. That's, that's not a record because I have friends who rode the scooter cannonball I, run in 2012. Well, but, 30, 3, miles. but here's why. But were they? They may not have been official. All right. Well, they may not have applied for this. This one, is but... what I'm saying. These right. are records. I think we have a shot at. Hmm. So we just so, got to do it on the books. You got to do it on the books. Big yeah. okay, furthest distance to ride a 49 cc scooter. Very good. 
bagel. I think you should that go sounds, for it. That sounds really painful to me. I, I, I wouldn't even want to do that. <laughs> no, you could it's, do it. Darling, you could do it on a C3. Do it on a C3. You just uh, got that big C. Well, that is the one that did it across country in 2012. So, or 2010, actually. Okay, very good. Yeah. Approved. Okay. This one I thought is suitable for Emma. Oh, good. Does it involve, does it, does it involve gin and Indian food, darling? No, but it <laughs> involves church. I'm on the Bombay Sapphire and yeah. Vindaloo diet, darling. Did you run out of pine salt? Emma. This one involves church. Oh, Ooh. really? Yes. Oh, I'm all ears. Okay. This one is most church employees being pulled in office chairs behind a motorcycle being driven by a pastor wearing a cape. Okay. To be a real pastor. And this was in Arvada, Colorado in 2013. Justin Bullis wore a cape and drove a motorcycle while pulling a chain of 11 church employees sitting in (laughs) office chairs behind him. They set the record as part of a sermon illustrating the importance of having fun over time in the church. You could do that at the garage next Sunday with six foot ropes and yep. have his ass whooped. But you need to have church employees yeah. and a pastor. Yeah, Herein lies the, pastor. the problem. Yeah, well, Emma, Emma, you can go online and yeah, get registered to be a pastor. No, I, I already deacon. am. Hey, no, I'm, there you I'm go. A... Axe could no. help. <laughs> <laughs> South, I mean, come on. You could throw a rock um, and hit a church. Exactly. I mean, don't. That's bad. But you know, (laughs) do you know? Do you know that story? Wait, did you throw a rock at a church? (laughs) I won't. I won't divulge the whole thing. Wait, has it been a year? Yes or no? Bullshit, axe. You can tell us the story. It was an ashtray. I fell in a river. I put an (laughs) ashtray through a stained glass window, thinking God will forgive me tomorrow, and I'll pay for the window, but I won't freeze to death. The cops did not see my sense of humor. I got, I was facing one to three years in the state oh. pen of Illinois. And when they had me in the cop shop naked under a blanket, handcuffed to the bench because my clothes were wet from falling in a river. And I said, dude, I'm not from Colorado. I don't know this area. He looks at me and he says, boy, you're in Illinois. And I saw the big Illinois flag behind his head. And I looked at him and I go, Illinois. I said, oh, that's right. My sister's wedding was in Colorado like two months ago. This is Illinois. You're right. So that's why I was like, does he know that story? Nothing (laughs) about that story makes any sense. Just want you to know. It was a a cosmetic surgeon's office. It wasn't a church. And And, God forgives. He didn't. And I'm worried (laughs) because I thought I set it up to show that you weren't crazy, but you're not helping your defense right now. I I just like to live a zestful (laughs) life. So, um, Emma, what do you no, think? I, 11 church employees, can you get them? Easy. However, the, the one, um, you know, the one limiting factor on this is um, I do have an outfit that's kind of like pasta cape thing, but it's kind of like a Halloween thing. And, you know, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't Slutty want no pastor. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want and, you wouldn't want people to see it in public, darling. And remember, this is being driven by a pastor wearing a cape. I have a cape. I own a cape. Uh, yes. the, uh, Abel, can you cape? No, I have another cape. My superhero cape, of course. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, now, Evil if cape. that one is a little too complicated because the whole pastor thing, 
Um, there's the other one is just longest office chair train pulled by a motorcycle. And this was set in 2016 in the Netherlands. 22 students um, in Netherlands formed a train of office chairs and were pulled down the street behind a motorcycle. You guys. Oh, that's guys, the easiest thing in the world. We I mean, do they, this. They didn't even break 50 miles an hour doing it. And that, guess what? They? they couldn't, right? I do have an evil Knievel office chair. I have an ass. I volunteer. Uh, dude, so we we could totally do that. All right, wow. here's one that maybe um maybe could be up Axe's alley. Um this one is longest time to keep four running motorcycles stopped with your arms and legs. Let me explain. There's a video of it. This guy in India, um A Montistar Stopped four running motorcycles using only his arms and legs and kept the engines restrained for 10.19 seconds. Warning, this record can be extremely dangerous. Please do not attempt this record unless you are above the age of 18 and trained as a professional stuntman. He laid down on the ground. They tied motorcycles to each of his limbs and they all lit up their tires at the same time. Lifting him up off the ground like that human, like a rat, like a rat oh. torture device, and he held oh, it for ten point one nine seconds. While they're doing burnouts the whole yes. time, isn't that how they like quartered yes. people in like yeah. Romans? Yeah, they used horses yeah. back then. I'm saying this is doable. You think you oh, can geez. go for ten point two seconds? You could have another world record. That's how big is the engine? Yeah, like is it let a, me tell you, this this, this Indian record? dude was not a big dude. Was, I'm saying, he's a little right? Indian. But how big yeah. was the engine? Because <laughs> it's there's a big difference between a hundred cc bike and a thousand cc bike. Yeah, how much sure you get him spinning? Well, still, even so, I'm just saying, friction Yeah. Um, and Emma, there's another one for you. If you like the sound of that one, but you don't want to be drawn and quartered. Yes. This one is longest time to keep two running motorcycles stopped with just your arms for a female. And this was in 2012 in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Julie Moody stopped two running 1500 CC motorcycles using only her arms and kept the engine stopped for one minute and 23.53 seconds. Julie, uh-huh. you're going down. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. She wow. literally just was between the two ropes holding with just her, her arms. I think she had it hooked in her elbow yeah. and held these 1,500cc bikes. Man. I could see Emma doing that. She would just go. It reminds, reminds me of like, do you get, like, I feel like I'm the only one old enough half the time to remember this, but like, what was the incredible people or real people yeah, or real, something? Yeah, those yeah. shows where they that's like incredible. Playing with her teeth or something. That's incredible. Right. Yeah, yes. that was what. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's one that um, maybe I could do. I don't. Well, here's the thing. And the funny, this one is held by a friend of mine. Um, in 2017, in Volcan Ojos del Salado, Chile. Um, Mita Mera rode her motorcycle to reach an altitude of 5,918 meters, which is 19,416 feet in Vulcan Ojos wow. del Salada, Chile. It wow. was, she rode the, the road of bones. Mm. Road and of so bones. it's the highest elevation that a woman has ridden. So it, huh. here's where I think I might have a shot at this. I think it's all in the title. Highest elevation altitude reached riding a motorcycle 
high. They don't define is high mean feet or does high mean how much pot you smoked. <laughs> so I'm wondering if I rode up to the yourself. summit here God. on 17 and got just <laughs> smoked out and was able to ride back over the hill, would that qualify? I, I would Wait. not recommend that. It's no? okay. really like a great idea. Because <laughs> one time I've definitely ridden from Seattle to Seaside and um, tried to, yeah. I'm probably not a good candidate <laughs> for this. I had my last toke of pot was in 1993 and I made me feel weird. Yeah, but so. you know what? 420 is coming, darling. <laughs> this is true. Just around the corner. So, if only you were somewhere it was legal. So, what do you guys think? Are you guys motivated? Y'all want to take one of these records and go for it? Oh, I'd, I'll do them all. I'll do them all next summer. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Every single one. Drag a bunch of office chairs high as shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Axe, I pastors in office chairs at twenty thousand feet. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I still have a house deep in East Texas. Let's meet there, Axe. Let's go. And Axe, <laughs> I, I, I would start working on what kind of knots work best around your ankles. And yeah, this. that drawn and quartered seems like the uh, caveman. Uh, I can do this out of brute, <laughs> brute stubbornness. <laughs> Man, I, I got some friends to cough. We need knots to tie people up with. You know, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought it was cool, but um, I did want to yeah let people know go check out um, Axis Film and go see what he did. I mean, it was a while ago, but because it's taken you so long through your journey to get everything done, to, I mean, do the soundtrack, the film, the book, everything. That's pretty amazing. And Thanks. you mentioned that you had your first book. Can you give us a little plug for that? What that's Yeah, about? the the first book was called Bouncing Off Guardrails and it was it was done because my my cousin Bruce as I mentioned we growing up were a little bit destructive and my cousin Bruce woke up in the middle of a bridge with both of his doors off of his Chevelle cuz he passed out driving and it tore both doors off. And Jeez. so I kind of joked about him about the the lifestyle of bouncing off guardrails where you're you're always finding your limits by hitting something. <laughs> and um and that's kind of been my life, right? That's how you find your limits. So I I started writing it a week before my open heart surgery because I suddenly realized like I'm 34, I may be dead in a week and this was a lot to try to wrap my head around. So I started just writing notes for myself. And I kept these notes over the next year through the surgery and the recovery and everything. And a year later, I thought, you know, look at some of the people out there that people watch and pay attention to in the world that are just horrible examples of humanity. And, you know, I've learned so much going through this experience and my life is so much better about stress management and being healthy and thinking about what's important. What if I could cascade that onto somebody else and someone else can learn how to, you know, make their lives better too? So I released the book. It's very raw. It's definitely not even as polished as uh, No Limits, No Regrets is. Um, it was something my mom was completely horrified when she read, uh, plain and simple. She <laughs> she was a secretary for the church, you know, growing up all through childhood. And uh, and I said, mom, it's just like confession. I said what I did wrong. I tried to move on better and set a good example. And man, she was not happy, but whatever. Wait, she, you said your mom, to be, your mom worked for the church? Heart. My mom worked for the church, but she's not a pastor. She can't. But, and she's yeah, retired. But, she can sit but she's still around? Chairs. Yes. Right. She, church employee. She, she can sit in one of the chairs. You got her number, one. right? Yeah. Does she have a good grip? So... Um, she's not real supportive of my nonsense. 
So, um, I have two questions for you, Axe. I have two questions yes, for you, dear. Um, it's just, you know, you and the Misfits right now and probably 2,000 listeners and, mm-hmm. you know, more, all more over the that. world. A lot more than that. <laughs> what is the one thing you would like our listeners to know about you? Before they see the video, before they buy the book, before anything. What is the one thing? And I know that's a tough question, but you can handle it. I think the honest answer would not be so much as what is something about myself, but I would rather say the one thing I would want to convey is to make the most out of life because it it goes fast and it's you have to just get out there and live it. Um, Don't be afraid of it. You got to respect stuff, but just go out and live it. And it's not so much, you know, I don't, I, it's a hard thing that I've tried to wrap my head around because having a, being the best in the world at something is great. Right. But like when I was telling a waitress at a bar one time with my buddy about it, he's like, dude, you got to be more Hollywood about it. You got to be more, you know, like this is right. a big deal. And, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, just humble, like, yeah, we did it. Cause that, we did the best we could with what we got, you know, right. and that's and, the Midwestern way. And- yeah. And it's, it's hard to just be like, look at me. And I know it's part of modern business and all that. But if I can leave one thing in in the world, it's like, if I can inspire people to go out and live life more and go buy that bike that, you know, and do something and just, or pick up skydiving, whatever it is, and just, you know, rip through life, having fun. That's the main message. You heard it right here. Life is short by the bike. And the second question now, um, over the years, you know, we've had thousands of guests on on Misfits, and we loved every single one of them. I've particularly enjoyed this interview. I think you're just great. Thank you. Um, you should see me drunk. I'm a lot funnier. <laughs> Everyone, I'm a riot. <laughs> <laughs> However, everyone gets asked. Um, the same question at Ooh, the end. I didn't prepare um, him. You're going for it. All right. Let's I'm, do this. I'm going I'm to go this. for it. You're getting the question, dude. Take it in. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So um, the question, and I should, um, I should explain it first. I mean, we all have um, dream bikes. We've all had bikes that we aspire to own. We all have bikes that are hopelessly unattainable. Liza's is um, uh, that Harley Davidson VR1000. Um, mine is a, um, a 750 Benelli 6. You know, they've, they've all been across the boards. Yeah. However, there's the one bike. And when you see that bike, when you see that bike, you go, oh, I take it up the butt for that bike. Well, so there's nothing what? I want that bad. No, no, <laughs> no, come on now. Everybody has an up the butt bike. What everybody is, has an up the what butt. What is your up the butt? It's a bike you come on. Unattainable dream. And I apologize in advance. I know it's an appalling question, but just focus <laughs> on the bike as opposed to the means of getting the bike. 
Focus yeah, on just, the bike. I mean, you, you just sent me into like a British prison with your accent and that whole question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, there don't was drop the tea. <laughs> don't drop the tea. <laughs> don't bend over for the soap, oh, darling. Spilling my Jaguar. Um, <laughs> no, no, and she's right. And everybody kind of has Maybe like that fine. dream bike. You know, if you if you could have any bike yeah. in the world for free, but when you have that little price you have to pay, it's like you really free. narrow it down. Little to, price. Yeah. That's your. Butt you really fight. narrow it Amen. down. <laughs> to, yeah. Well, yeah, that's exit only there. That's a. Uh, it has to be. Stayed out of prison. And I will say this. <laughs> Can be a fictional bike. It can be a historical bike. It can be any bike in the world. But let's mm. phrase it: money, no object. Yeah, money, um, no object type thing. Attainable, mm-hmm. no object. Ooh, ooh. Oh wait, hold on. Would you choose? hold on? I bet you I got one. Come on. Would you take the uh, Easy Rider Peter Fonda bike? That is a classic. That's it. That's an up that the butt is... bike, right? <laughs> No, it's not an up the butt. Yes, bike. it is. <laughs> Damn, nothing is an up the butt bike. Like that just—that's an no. up the butt bike. No, no, I live in San Antonio, not Austin. No, 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 no. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what but as what far if we as put a twenty-gallon tank on that bike and gave you thirty-six hours? <laughs> <laughs> I but, think it's a dream bike, though. Yeah. Like the, you know, yeah. one that like I feel very, I feel very fortunate that I've always been able to. If I want something, I just go get it. And right now I've made that BMW what I want. I have an Aprilia RSV4. I mm-hmm. built the chopper that I wanted, right? And right. so I I feel weird even wishing I had something more than I have because that's part of like that's against my principles, right? But there is like what was the one that had the jet engine bike like J Line? Yes. Oh now, that yeah. I have to admit, not up the butt bike. bike. Exactly. No. So you can't even ride it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the bike that you you probably can't get. Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's what that you know is. that, and actually the Harley Davidson Marlboro Man bike. Ah, that is a classic okay. looking However, bike. I've got a very brief story about the Y two K bike. So yeah. back in two thousand and seven, yeah, um, there was a very very swanky show called Legend of the Motorcycle, mm-hmm. which was yeah. held at the at the Hilton in Half Moon Bay, yep. California. I was yeah. there too, and it was the pre, really the predator for the Quail. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, it was even swankier than the Quail. I mean, yeah. this was whiskey and cigars. I was there, kind of representing the Ace Cafe UK, and I actually rode um, a Norton Commando from oh, LA nice. up to Half Moon Bay, which is absolutely terrifying. Um, however, so we all crashed at the local Motel 8 because nobody <laughs> could afford to stay at the ho- the Hilton. Yeah. And there were two Y2K bikes. Really? And at 5 o'clock, they fired those gas turbines up and the whole hotel <laughs> woke up at 5 a.m., when they spooled awesome. up those gas turbines. Awesome. And I will never forget it. I w- was having the most marvelous dream, darling. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. There was gin. There was Indian food. Oh, there were handsome yeah. men in it. It might have been the best dream I ever had. And the next thing I hear is this fucking gas turbine about <laughs> 10 feet from my window. And it just got louder and louder. And then the window started rattling. And then I looked out of the window and all the lights were on in the hotel. I Everybody's like, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> so I got to tell you on that note, I mentioned that mom is not thrilled about my habits in life. 
And when I used to have my uh, internship, I stayed back at mom and dad's because it was close to my, the internships when I was out of school and I had an old 77 FLH, you know, Harley and I would, and it was, dad was already at work. You know, mom was laying in bed peacefully. And every morning that summer, I'd back the Harley out. I'd back the pipes right up in the grass, up to her window where she was (laughs) sleeping sound with the straight pipes and blast her out of bed. And every night I'd come home and she's like, you know, I don't, I'm awake. I don't need you to let me know right, you're right. leaving. I took a lot of pride in that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny yeah. you should mention that. It's, it's, I have this like secret little Emma love affair with AMF Harleys. I love them. It was like a girlfriend you buy diamonds for that fucks the neighbor. I bought that thing, the best of everything. I, and I, I got a lifestyle motorcycle. What's that? Okay. I prefer <laughs> lifestyle bike, but um, <laughs> diamonds and neighbors. That's true. Yeah, it's it. I just I would get so frustrated because I would every time something <laughs> broke, I would get the best of the best for it. I never cheaped out on stuff. I wasn't a tight ass with it. And that thing, I, when I did sell it after nine and a half years, it's, it was the longest relationship of my life until that BMW, actually. Right. And every time, you know, rebuild the engine, use good parts, make sure it's, and it just, here again, you know, She'll um, let something you else. Down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first ride I had it, we just got it running. You've, never, just, owned a, you've never owned a Jaguar, have you? No, my dad did though. <laughs> <laughs> the, mean, style, the, the style is great, but man, reliability. They, they put AMF. They, they are the absolute love of my life. Aside yeah. from motorbikes, they are the absolute love of my life. But yeah. they have they've put me in an asylum more than once. Ah, uh, yeah, they do. And that first that Harley, I I just dad and I, you know, he helped me build it right. right. We just got it running. And I had hernia surgery the first time at age 21. And, and they said, you can't even drive a car for two weeks. Right. And I saw him sitting there and it started, you know, and I was like, oh, my buddy calls me, he goes, dude, Metallica's showing in Des Moines. Come on down. I'm like, fuck yeah. I hopped in that Harley. I still got 13 staples in my crotch looking like Franken crotch. And no, bro, I am, <laughs> rode that bike down. It died in Ames, and I had to push it a couple blocks and oh, no. pay a service station to charge the battery because it had one of those SU carbs, the Skinner Union carbs. Right. Wasn't tuned right. You know, we just rebuilt it. And I fought with that thing. I rode home from Des Moines two and a half, three hours in the three in the morning after too much beer, holding, you know, just trying to protect myself at a Metallica <laughs> show. And, um, Raining like hell, raccoon jumping oh. out in front of me. Remember those big old blinker bars they had back there? Yes. Tin screws. Well, one of them vibrated loose and the other one drug right across my nice new candy apple paint. Oh. Vibrated and went flying in the ditch on the way home. And I heard a tink, 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 tink. And I was like, well, I'm not pulling over because it probably won't start out here. You know, the way that <laughs> stupid carb is tuned. But, oh, well, you live and learn. <laughs> Know yeah. what if you're if you're riding a 77 FLH at 21, that makes you pretty cool. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that I think that actually oh does. God. Well, hey, Axe, I wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. That really is incredible. But not just the thing that you did, but the whole story right. and how it's all just yeah. how you kind of went um, off on this trajectory. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool story. So congratulations. Nice. Um, on everything yeah, you've congratulations, Axe. And you know, um, 
And I don't say these things lightly. This has actually been one of my favorite interviews for many, many, many weeks. And that's not diminishing anybody else who's been right. on the show. I love you all. But it's you are really, really cool guy. Oh, hold on. Hello? Yeah. Oh, Mert, you have a message for Emma, you say? Oh, oh. shit. Oh, I'll it's Mert. Oh, She's no. broken. He's broken. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I'm sorry, darling. Yes, what? Mr. Buell, Emma's here. Yeah. yeah. You, you heard it too? Oh, God. I'm sorry, no. I wish Oh, I've upset, oh, upset Eric Buell. Oh, God, I've upset Eric. Oh, I'm for it now. <laughs> All TM's getting a spanking. <laughs> Gosh. Crazy. It's been great. I really appreciate you guys having me on well, and your story and stuff. This has been a lot of fun. So well, hopefully, fun. you know... We'll get some people to buy your book. Um, we'll get some people to download your video and watch it. I'm really going to look forward to it. I awesome. think it's going to be great. And, um, carry on what you're doing. Great. I sure will. And actually, I just got accepted Friday. Um, I know, Liza, you'd mentioned the Santa Cruz uh, Moto Film mm -hmm. Fest. I got accepted to the LA Motion Picture Film Fest Yay. Friday. So nice. I can put my little laurels or whatever they're called in the corner there. And uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I submitted to the Santa Cruz one as well. Yep. So that should be all in there Sweet. too. So congratulations on all that. And if Thanks. you do have any interest in trying to go for that record, I'd be more than happy to ride one of the bikes. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to choose left leg, please. I'll take left leg. <laughs> 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 Can I? Can I give Axe one really bad joke I heard before he gets off? The Hell air? yeah, you can. Okay. I like you, man. Um, <laughs> so we've got a couple of Patreon listeners, Lefty and Red, that came by and visited me at work the other day. Oh, and sweet. I forgot to tell them this joke. So I think it'd be a good time to throw it out there. Um, <laughs> you've got the Harley problem disease like I do. We're not smart. We just like Harleys. So, you know, COVID's going on. It's super gnarly, right? Yeah. But the good news is, I heard that Harley cured COVID. Did you oh, hear really? about that? No. Now I'm trying they to gave it that. a part number, and now nobody can ever get it. Ah! Oh! I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> that is good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty From good. the friendly parts counter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Axe. We'll, um, we'll let you go, but just remember, everyone, you can go to Y-Chrome. I assume that's short for Y-Chromosome. That is. Yes, ychrome.com. Yeah. And also, I'm also going to take a guess, is Axe have anything to do with guitars? Yes. Yes, actually, see, uh, boom. Right. Yeah, and in college, you know, we started realizing that nicknames were probably better, and we just kind of throw names out. And since I was waking the floor up with uh, Danzig Mother on the guitar too often. Oh, with, mother. I know nice. this guy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, it's just a good thing you didn't play the piccolo. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 pickle. I don't know. <laughs> I know it just wouldn't work. Wouldn't well, cool. Fit. Thanks for joining yeah. us, and everyone, go out there and and check out his movie. It's a great story. Great. Thanks so much, guys. Right. Great right. talking Thanks, to you. Thanks, Thanks. See you. Bye, darling. <laughs> Bye. You guys, that is so crazy. Um, so I've got some news to cover real quick, and a couple of emails to do. Oh, um, good he was a fun, fun guy, huh? Oh, no, was yeah. he neat? Yeah. What a that was story. a great interview. Uh, I wanted to go ride very yeah, far. That was great. Okay. Couple announcements. First of all, 
Well, motorcycle gathering has been canceled. Oh, boo! In May. Boo. Not a surprise. Yeah, due to COVID. And my guess is that it's because so many people come travel to this event internationally as well. Yes, this is, is this is an international event. Um and just because of COVID travel restrictions and all the things, it's been canceled. So bummer. Uh but one thing that hasn't been canceled, and I want to make sure for any of the ladies listening out there who are looking for a true adventure, Chickistan is happening mm-hmm. in September. I'll be leading a group of women on a tour of Pakistan, and uh, it's going to be a pretty awesome tour. We've already got half the spots filled. we got six spots left. So if you are interested, you can uh, send an email, recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com, or you can go to a differentagenda.com to Moin site, and under tours, you'll see Chickistan and get some more info there. Um, we are making arrangements to be able to get tested over in Pakistan. So even if you haven't been able to get the uh, vaccine, um, as long as you are tested before you get on the flight, and then we're tested before we get on the return flight, and once we're there, as Bagel can can say, I mean, you're up in the mountains. Um, we do run remote. into people, but it's remote locations. The odds of COVID spreading up there is pretty slim. So it's probably a lot safer than anywhere here in the country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's not uh, a lot of guests in the hotels. We're and, usually the uh, only, only guests in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. As, as long as you don't go to, you know, the markets and things, you can stay pretty isolated. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, Chickistan, come join us. Um, I have a brief announcement from me yeah. um, while we're on the subject of events. The quail is cancelled in May, but I tell you what is going on in May. Mm-hmm. The distinguished gentleman's rider ah. moved it from oh. end of September to May. Oh, really? Now, it's still going on even in COVID because it is a social distancing event. Um, it's open to girls too. Um, and um, our very, very dear friend Mike joined me mm-hmm. last September um, so if any listeners are in the abyss of San Luis area in May and want to see me ride a purple trident side saddle in a cocktail dress, Ooh. that will be the opportunity to do it. Um, and it's for, um, you know, it's a charitable ride for men's health and generally men need health. It so we, we support the distinguished gentleman's ride. Only thing to remember is if you have a sport bike, or um, an enduro, or um, something like that. You really can't ride it. It's, it's for mostly cafe racers and kind of standard classic. classic classic bikes. And I think scooters. Scooters. Yes, you can scooters ride are a, allowed. You can ride a scooter. Yep. Um, Step through in your slacks. Yeah. Yes. Emma, you got to help me get the, they... get the KZ running good then. Yeah, we'll get the KZ yeah. running good. Now, and you should... may join me. Now, should, should they maybe call it the distance gentleman's ride? I think they could. Oh, you know? I think they could. That's like three birds with one scooter ride. But, you know, <laughs> I um, I enjoy going down to San Luis Obispo, not least, you know, the weather's always great. The scenery is always great. The company's always great. Um, the riding's it, always great. Yeah. The it's burritos good. are great. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And they've got the Firestone um, burger joint, which does yep. the best French fries in the world. Ooh. Whoa, that's bold. Mm. I might have no. to come with you. Yeah. 
So, hey, you guys want to help some people who have questions via email? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> split here. All right. So, Rick and Bagel want to help. Uh, um, Bagel says, fuck off. Kiss in the air box. Good night. Yes, much, it's worth $300, <laughs> and I'm doing you a favor. Pretty much. So, this one is from uh, Tyler in Nebraska. Hey, Tyler. Tyler says, hey, Liza, Miss Emma, and the gang. First and foremost, I love your podcast. Thank you. I first got into motorcycles about three years ago when I was gifted a Honda Pacific Coast 800 for my Ooh. birthday. Oh, yeah. Nice. I love them. Since then, I have upgraded to a 1983 Yamaha Venture Royale. My question is, what motorcycle would you guys recommend to someone who is looking to get more into wrenching and customizing? I hope you guys are staying healthy. Thank you. We are. I can That's, I can I yeah, do my input do first? Yeah, do it. So you said wrenching and customizing, which are two different things. And yeah. I just want to share my basic rule. Getting in a wrenching, any bike, you can get in a wrenching. Any bike. But customizing, I know I can't stop people, but my rule is don't make something worth less by customizing it. Meaning many stock bikes are worth more in the stock configuration. But then there are other bikes that have no value in the stock configuration, like a CM400 as opposed to a CB400. A CB400, I hate seeing those chopped up. A CM400, chop away. How about it? Right? <laughs> so that's my rule. Emma, Bagel, Rick, you guys might have a different rule. That's my rule. It's just know before you chop something up if it's worth more stock than chopped. That said, what do you guys think? Um, I would say also for your first restoration, get get into something that uses standard American or metric fasteners. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, yes. not like Whitworth, yeah. Triumph, yeah. or something like that. Right. Yeah. Something something that and something that has easy parts availability. Um, just because, you know, if, if you're, if you're trying to chase down parts for something that's old and rare, you're going to have a real difficult time and it's going to take a while and probably cost you a lot of money, you know, go for something that's, that's fairly common, fairly, fairly simple and straightforward. Um, you know, and then if you choose a smaller bike, it's, it's going to be a little bit easier of a lift for your first restoration project. So, so try to keep it simple is, is my advice. I like that. Oh, I think so. And I mean, there's there's nothing really simple about a Royale. Now, I will give bonus points to any misfit that can tell me, and it's not exactly the same, but it's close enough. What other Yamaha shares the same engine as the Royale? So that's a 1300cc motor. Would that be the Virago? No. Oh. Hmm. Whatever the not stars. Yeah, it's not any of the. No, you, you got to go back. This is yeah, eighty three. A thirteen hundred. Um. I don't know any other Yamaha than eighty three. You're focusing on the wrong thing, Liza. FJR. FJR. Nope. Okay. Vmax. Ah, VMAX, there it is. Oh, really? So VMAX, now we all know that the VMAX is slightly smaller because it's shorter stroke, mm. but it's basically that same V4 platform. Mm. And a lot of the manufacturers back then were flirting with the V4 thing. We know about the Honda Magna and the uh, the, the, the uh, Honda um, 
Oh God, my brain's gone. They, the, the, uh, not the Shadow of the Spirits, any of those? No. No, those are V twins. Okay. Uh, Saber, the uh, Saber uh, and the Mag, well, V fours, yeah. and then even Suzuki, they did the Madura. Which was a V4. So, yeah, you know, they messed so, around with that platform a while. I'll even narrow it down even more. So, again, the bikes that I think are the best um, candidates, because even if you mess it up, you're no one's going to cry over it. An mm. 80s or 90s cruiser. Yeah, there you go. A, Good place a as any Shadow to start. 500, an LTD 440. Any of these, they really don't have a lot of value. They're easy to cut up, but they are bulletproof bikes. The engines are solid, there. and getting parts is so easy. My yeah. favorite, the Ninja, uh, not the Ninja, the Vulcan 500. Yeah. The Vulcan 500. And the reason I like the Vulcan 500, it's got a Ninja engine in it. Things are fast as fury. I mean, you can do like a 105 miles an hour on a cruiser. <laughs> sure. So that's that's my recommendation, and you can buy you can find them so oh, cheap. Oh, you find them cheap. So cheap. CM, like I said, Honda CM four hundred. We've cut a bunch mm. of those up here. Um, I would say if you had to pick one, a Shadow uh, five hundred or seven fifty. They're so common, so easy to find, and um, they're fun to bob or do it. I mean, you can do anything with them, but they're good engines. You guys agree with that one? I agree with that one. There you go. So I hope that helps, Tyler. Um, next question. This one is from James in Missouri. And hey, James? James says, greetings, Miss that's, Fitz. Mon- that's Montana, isn't it? Missouri? <laughs> oh, it's Missouri. No? I thought you said Missoula. No, it's Missouri, but they say Missouri. Oh, I thought you said Missoula. No. Missouri. <laughs> um. He says, greetings, misfits. There was so much temperature talk in your last podcast. It made me wonder what the coldest temperature is that you would voluntarily ride in without heated gear, but being able to bundle up for warmth as much as possible. Mine is 40 degrees when it's dry. I'm able to get enough insulated gear on where I can be comfortable for a couple of hours at highway speeds. Also, has that temperature changed from when you lived in colder climates? On that note, is there gear that you will not go without for an expected cold ride? And if so, what is it? Cheers from Nixon, Missouri. Um, I won't ride below 72 degrees. <laughs> because I'm getting old. Um, and it, it's because you your know, nipples scratch the tank. Well, it's funny. My, <laughs> my, my riding gear that I'm never without is my Merkin. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Rick, what's the coldest weather you've ever ridden in? Um, my Harley experience dragged me to East Texas and Tennessee, and being a California dude, I was not prepared for that uh, riding. Mm. That's real cold. And uh, there's this really cool wind chill chart. Have you guys ever seen that one online? Yeah. That says like Mm -hmm. if it's X and you're going Y, your balls freeze, whatever. Um, I remember riding to the Harley dealership like uh, what was it like twenty miles. And I think I took off one morning. It was 28 in the morning. I No, thank you. I probably won't be doing yeah. that again. I did that on the whir ride. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was not well, fun, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this past week, um, I, I rode out to my girlfriend's house because it was a nice day out. And I thought it would be a great chance to, to yeah. take the bike out because it actually stopped raining here in Oregon. Yeah, well, 
it was great when I rode there. Uh, when I rode home at like you know eleven thirty at night, it dropped oh. down to thirty seven degrees. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. It well, was it was cold as hell. Um, I, I did have my scooters scooter skirt thankfully, but uh, I was pretty frosty when I got home. Ah, so, and, and, and and I have ridden in snow before. Yeah. I had to ride my Heinkel home from work one day when it started snowing from work. So it was definitely below 32. And Lord. I made it all the way home and through the like snow on the roads, right? Like super slippery. Made it like two and a half miles home. Oh. Turned onto my street and I was so stoked that I didn't go down that I gassed it right as I was in the turn. The rear wheel spun out and I just went plop at five miles an hour. <laughs> Right on the way home, home stretch, slid into the bay. Right on my, right on my, turning on my street. <laughs> so I have ridden in cold weather, but something you need to know about us. So we are Californians. That means when it drops below 52, we, the temperature is called fucking freezing. That's what we call yep. it. It's fucking freezing, which is why we all have heated grips in case it mm-hmm. does get into the 50s, because that's when we turn on our heated grips. That said, I do actually have some good advice. Um, we have a thing here. We call it the bubble. Rick, you don't know what the bubble is, do you? No, but it sounds exciting and cool. hypersexual. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we have a thing here a- called the bubble. It's in the donation room. Somebody donated it, and it's been something that people have used over and over. What it is, it's a snowmobile suit. It's a big, giant, one-piece snowmobile suit. A starfish. And, yes, and when you put that thing on... You feel like you're in a bubble of warmth. You can go riding in any weather. It doesn't matter how cold. You don't feel it. You feel like you're in a bubble, mm. which is really great. I might need to get one of those. Yeah, it's really nice. It's just a big, big, giant one piece. People, when it, when the temperature drops, people have borrowed it to ride home in it. So I'll tell you, though. Um, so, James, you asked, what is some go-to gear? And I'll tell you what my go-to gear is, and I've talked about it over and over, and that is a windbreaker. So I have a windbreaker that I have that I can put on over my jacket, under my jacket. It's also a waterproof windbreaker. Cutting the wind is the biggest thing. When I used to ride in Boston in snow and cold days. In Boston. So my trick, what I did was I wore um, uh, thermal underwear under my jeans. And then I had um, sweatpants and windbreaker pants kind of in what sweatpants were in there that I would pull on over my jeans and thermals. And same thing with my top. I had a jacket and a windbreaker over it that once you put that windbreaker layer on the outside, it didn't matter what the temperature was. I was solid. The thing that was hard was your hands. The hands get cold. Yeah. Um, Also, it sucked that I had a halfy helmet (laughs) that first winter in Mm. Boston. That really sucked. But um, cutting the wind out is really the biggest trick. And a windbreaker is so small. And even wind pants that I still keep that you can roll up so small you can keep it shoved under your seat. And that makes the most significant difference, I find. Um, When we did the the Where We're Ride, we were going through freezing weather, rain, snow, all of that. And, um, again, the hardest part were gloves. But... Wearing that windbreaker that I had over my big coat, over everything else that I brought with me, all the layers. I looked like the the, the kid from Christmas Story. I can't put my arms down. <laughs> but it worked, you know. Um, the thing is, your hands and your feet are the things you really have to worry about. They're the things that are most exposed. So, 
Yeah. Electric heat is your friend. And they have, um, you can get electric insoles, you can get electric gloves, you can get electric grips, whatever. I highly recommend that because that's what you really need to worry about is your hands and your feet. That's the most at, most at risk. So um, let electricity take care of that. But the rest, you can wear plenty of layers and get a good windbreaker. All right. Um, I think, oh, you guys, I think that's it. Uh, I'm going to save this one for next week. I think that's it. Um, we had a good day in the garage. We helped another young man uh, with tires and, and chains and sprockets again. And good thing he... He actually he bought the wrong chain, but we went into our drawer of things left behind, and we had the right chain in there. So okay. that was good. I'm, I always like that hanging on to all these rando things, and you never know. Right. And then it, it was missing the master clip, but digging around in the drawer, we found an old, rusty master link. It worked. Hey. Keep those things. That's the lesson. Exactly. <laughs> Keep everything. Keep everything. Every piece of paper. Every wrapper, keep it all. It doesn't matter if you're swimming with trash. Just keep it all. What could possibly go wrong? There you go. And um, we've got uh, Josh coming next week. We've got another opening next week. I might have somebody filling that. But um, I think it's been good uh, just doing these appointments and, and giving people really good one-on-one time. Right, exactly. Because people are still using their bikes and people still need the misfits and the misfits advice but we just we simply can't approach it yet like we used to with 10 20 bikes out there so um the misfits looks you know the recycle garage looks very different um but we're doing the same thing you know we're keeping bikes on the road with maximum effort and minimum expenditure how about that? Well, hopefully Bagel can make a visit to recycle Snohomish and go check that out. I'd love to. When once the weather gets a little better, yeah. What do you mean? You can go do it now. It's just a little wear, chilly right now. Wear more more layers. We just covered that, Bagel. <laughs> yeah, just don't leave your old lady's house at eleven o'clock at night and then go there. <laughs> so no, I've I've got to ask Bagel, and it's just us now, darling. It's just us. How is yes. the relationship going, darling? Oh, it is wonderful. Oh, look at you with a glow about you. Look at you. You're like a new man, darling. Yes, we've fallen madly in love with each other. Oh, radiant bagel. Yes. That warms (laughs) the cockles of my heart, darling. Mine too. And what kind kind of scooter does she ride? She doesn't ride a scooter. What? Dump her right now. Unacceptable. No, no, no. We'll we'll work on that. We'll see. Okay. (laughs) Hey, it's a good thing you know a guy with a couple of scooters behind him. Mm-hmm. I've got extras. <laughs> well, I think it's just that time to thank everyone. Thank you to everyone who's stuck with us this far. Thank you to everyone sending in these emails. Keep them coming. Um. Oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, there's one other thing. Oh, dang it. Oh. I don't have enough time to do this. Um, I have, I have an ask. That ask is, um, please, do you mind going on? What do they call iTunes now? It's no longer iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast, is that what it's called? Mm. Whatever iTunes is called now. And if you yeah. could, please um, give us a review. Mm-hmm. That's it. We need some reviews on there. It's been a while since we've asked for that. 
but we can use it. And I'll tell you why. Um, we had a review as of lately. And it wasn't so good. <laughs> what? Am I in trouble? No, 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 you're <laughs> not. Um, hold on. I'm trying to bring it up. Uh, Emma, ramble on while I bring it up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you're in the, you, you do a public show like ours, and you're you're open to criticism as we are. If you get one bad review, that kind of distills to the top. We don't want to give people the wrong idea. So um, we're very, very giving people. We're thrilled to put out this show every once in a while. But if you could give us some decent reviews, that would be jolly nice. Okay, I found it. I'm going to share it because it is kind of funny. Um, and I know that not everybody enjoys the same thing. So some people aren't going to like us. I get it. Um, <laughs> this one is titled horrible. <laughs> oh, wow. Said, like, says, like able to be horde or horrible. Okay. <laughs> and this is the review. Absolutely horrible. These people make me want to never ride again. If this is what motorcycles are about, I want nothing to do with it. The hosts are flippant, rude, mean spirited and offer nothing. This podcast is just noise. I wouldn't consider these individuals to be motorcyclists. More like wannabe fanboys. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, really? Signed Naked Jim, is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's from Phil. That Phil? I haven't seen Mike in a I couple weeks. Did you, Do you mean think he's turned it up? Did you mean to review the Cleveland Moto podcast? No, I'm <laughs> No, I think oh, that, that smacks of Uncle Phil. I, at you first, I thought this must be a mistake know. until they referred to the host as flipping. Went, well, okay. Well, well I guess well, we, we are flipping. <laughs> well, they did listen so, to us. We're not everyone's cup of tea, and Emma's more like someone's bucket of gin. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a while since I've asked, and if you can please help us out and leave a review. Whatever you want to leave it, that's fine. We're not everyone's cup of tea, but um, it does help us to have more reviews, and and you got to ask for it to get it. I mean, not everyone thinks about it. So that's what our ask is this week and uh, leave us a review and hopefully we can get this one pushed further because right now this one is at the top. It's the first one everyone sees. Let's so wash that some, off. Guys. Some more reviews. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Push it down. I'm so sorry. And I doubt that person is listening, so I can't apologize, but oh, well. So I sorry. think I think you can I think you can leave reviews on podcasts.apple.com and do a search for motorcycles and misfits. Thank you very much, Bagel. So, um, and also big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. We love you. We got some new ones this week. So thank you very much for joining. I appreciate it so much. And uh, I think that's it. Um, Axe, what a, what a cool guest. What a yeah, cool guy. Yeah, wasn't he great? What, um, what a yeah, cool story. So great. So, you know, sorry for his fiance, but sometimes it just takes yeah. some event in your life to get you to push you outside of your comfort zone and to do something extraordinary. And that I think, you know, you're asking what takeaway people should have for me. That's it. Because I find that everyone who does something extraordinary, um, they're usually um, motivated by somebody else yet. Then they turn around and motivate the next person. And and it just proves that anyone can be that person. You just have to do it. And I think that's what his message was. So hopefully people can take from that to just do it. Yeah. And if you want to yeah. try and go and for the uh, 
any of those records, we said, back off of the office chair, pastor, cape wearing one. We're going for it. And <laughs> 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 the booze. <laughs> oh the caboose that's gonna be a hard one we're gonna Ooh. fight over the caboose spot i think <laughs> dude dude so yeah, on that and, note and yes bagel you got last uh, i was just gonna say also it, I, I think the message too to to, to reinforce is that that life is short so do it while you can yeah mm-hmm. yeah while you can and and apparently would actually go do things that might shorten your life greatly <laughs> well there's that too <laughs> bounce off the guardrail a couple times <laughs> bounce off the guard just just don't let it shorten your life. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everyone. I think we're ready to get out of here. This is Liza. Bagel. Emma, darling. Emma, I'm Rick. And we're out of here. Oh, oh, oh.